This episode of Spectre Cinema Club is brought to you by Ashes Ashes, the premier cannabis brand of Elk Grove. We got flour, we got edibles, and of course bongs that can double as an excellent weapon to fight against the deadites. Use our discount code GROOVY for 20% off their signature strains, Necronomicon, and 30-year Maui Wowie. Happy 420 and enjoy responsibly. It doesn't have the same effect as a bong, Devon. It's, it's not as sonically pleasing. Hey there, welcome to, <coughs> excuse me, uh, welcome to Spectre Cinema Club, a podcast obsessed with horror subgenre. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, uh, co-host, uh, the other half of the uh, podcast, podcast, <laughs> we're off to a great start, Devon. The other podcast host <laughs> sitting across from me, it's Devon Taylor. If you haven't, t- uh, uh, you know, keyed in already. It's 420. I never smoke on the show. Devon is chronically high all the time, so he's joining me today. <laughs> I'm I, I'm very excited. I thought I was like I was like I wonder uh, if it, we're just gonna get a goofier as the episode goes on. But I love that that was actually the the perfect <laughs> intro for a uh, little baby stoner Garrett who uh, is I little baby lungs over here. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm I'm one that like. Devon is really like a, a functional pothead, you know, is able to like live their life and, and go out and exist. I'm the it's you know, it's it's a night time kind of situation sitting on the couch watching a movie, little things on out. the yeah. schedule for for yeah. the for whenever you're doing it. Yeah, I just yeah. Uh, I, I kind of I need it a little bit. My brain moves a little too fast sometimes. So yeah. it uh, definitely helps me in that angle. But uh, and it's so funny because. You know, initially, obviously, this podcast, formerly known as the Blablant Cinema Club, mm-hmm. I ran into issues in the first season that it was like I would get guests and not many of them would want to smoke during, you know, because yeah. at first that was going to be try to be like the hook of it was like, I'm stoned. And then hopefully the guests come on, they get stoned, too. Mm-hmm. That was originally like the, yeah. the conceit. And uh, a lot of people were just like, uh, I don't know how you do it, man. Like, I cannot do a podcast stone. Yeah. Like, it's too much. And- I, I did it one time uh, on the show. I forget. I don't even remember it was, what episode it was. It was uh, the last uh, episode that we released on 420 was the Blob. Oh, okay. Well, that's a, that's a, a, a fitting one. But what I remember is just talking incessantly. And then at the end of it being like, did I say anything That's during like- that entire time? Was anything worth, you know, uh, the, the the listener's time and of any value at all? I love how in your head you were, because it was literally like right when we got done recording, you're like, did that make sense? <laughs> I was like, I was like, no. And like, I've listened back to that episode. It's still, it's a really Thank great God. episode. I really love that Thank episode. Thank God. Shout out Chuck Russell one time. Yeah. So, um, of course, you know, we uh, obviously, I'm high all the time, but this is uh, coming out the week of 420, not 420 on the day, but here in a couple of days, it'll be 420. So so yeah. you got all week to celebrate. It's perfect because um, our titular hero, Ash of Ash vs. Evil Dead, a uh, big time stoner and drinker himself. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into uh, wrapping up Ash vs. Evil Dead season three, want to uh, do a little segment, talk about some of our favorite stoners in horror movies. Uh, I looked on some ranked lists and got some input from Twitter and then, of course, a few of my own. Uh, why don't you lead us off, Garrett? Um, I think for myself, I mean, you're certainly an encyclopedia, I feel, on the topic. Not only do you have a, a breadth of knowledge of all of the stoners, but I also like the way that you 
uh, and it's happened a few times in the show. You've like critiqued a film's depiction of like stoners oh, or always. smoking. You're like, Ugh, pff, that's not really how it happens. You know, it's literally we talked about that in season one. The fact that Ash smokes, you know, a little bit of weed and he's like, yeah, I'm going to read from the super evil book of evil demonic shit. And, you know, <laughs> it did the thing where it like turned him into like, oh, I'm a zombie and I yeah. like lost motor control. And it's exactly. like, OK, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm very critical, of course, on weed representation movies, but really in general, like anytime I watch like yeah. a uh, mushroom trip scene or an acid trip scene, I'm yeah. always pretty critical. Yeah. Uh, Midsummer uh, got shrooms the closest that the closest. I've seen so far. I, I appreciate uh, the, you know, insider knowledge uh, that we have here for myself though. Uh, I'm a classic, like I, I like the stereotypes of the, of the stoners portrayed in movies. And I think a very key example of that is Charles Garth and Chili Jackson from uh, the third Friday, the 13th film, their introduction to Vaughn is they're inside of a van. We don't know that they're inside of a van, but there's smoke billowing out of it. That the, the protagonists think that their van is on fire. They go and open the door. And then you see uh, Charles and Chili just like, <laughs> you know, just they're practically like a Cheech and Chong sort of a, a ripoff here so I, I love a good cliche stoner in slasher movies and i have another one in my list here as well i i, I feel like um maybe that's what they were playing off of uh, this is an honorable mention because canonically not a stoner but we all know is of course shaggy and scooby-doo and oh, they yeah. have uh, that shot in uh, the first Scooby Doo, where it's the, yes. the mystery machine has and the smoke coming from like cooking food grilling and veggie burgers yeah, inside. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like that. What if that's a, a little shout out to that Friday the Thirteenth scene? It's got to be. Um, so for my first, um, for my first uh, actual stoner was one that I discovered this year. Um, it was a first time watch earlier in the year, um, which was a uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The uh, Next Generation. <laughs> And uh, Renee Zellweger, famously one of her earlier roles in here, plays the final girl Jenny, yep. who is a stoner. She's a and she's like a very casual stoner. She is uh, not the stereotypical stoner at all. Like she's uh, seems like kind of like the normal like girl next door. But I remember like ten minutes in, she's like uh, in the back of the car, like lighting up real quick. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. And it's I feel like her, I feel like her being a stoner helped her deal with the the shenanigans of that sure. family because i feel like if she wasn't stoned she wouldn't have had as much of a head on her because you know most of the people that deal with a uh, uh, leatherface and company they're kind of delirious whenever they're like dealing with them and stuff yeah and she's able to keep a pretty uh somewhat level head she's able to tell leatherface to shut the fuck up uh, <laughs> i don't think anybody sober would do that um so yeah shout out to uh jenny in uh, texas chainsaw massacre next generation yeah I, it's a metaphor you know if, if movies are the the you know slashers and there's highs and lows and killers people trying to get you then i think a little weed would would, it would go a long way mm -hmm. uh what about another pick for you devon what do you got oh so for another one for me um we we got two entries into this movie um for scary movies one and two and of course we have shorty and ray um ray being one of the ghost faces and we see uh we get to see that version of ghost face uh get high with the crew mm -hmm. uh they have a little rap circle uh it's one of my favorite scenes in <laughs> in it honestly the scary oh. movie uh, films have gotten a shout out like pretty regularly this season. I just want or this uh, uh, year for the show. I just want to say, <laughs> oh, I, I, we really have shouted out scary movie a ton, and uh, we did cover the first scary movie uh, back in season one of the pod. So you mm -hmm. can go find that. We did like a double feature of that and Ernest um, Scared Stupid. 
So you can hear um, thoughts on Scary Movie 1, but we might have to dive back in because I am a big fan of Scary Movie 2. So maybe when uh, we come back around to doing some uh, horror spoofs at some point. I'd be into it. Yeah. What um, about you? <clears throat> another one for me, and I alluded to it uh, earlier, was uh, uh, being another example of a, a stoner in a slasher film would be Freddy's Dead. Uh, and I'm choosing uh, Spencer. Uh, the way that he dies in the movie, if you, I know you, you're not like familiar with all of the the for the Freddy films, but Freddy like contacts him through a television and is like, "Hey, wanna trip out?" And it's another example of like slasher movies kind of not really having an idea of what it's like to be a stoner uh, and just like being super cliche and over the top. So uh, the way that Sp- uh, Spencer meets his demise in that movie, fun character and a fun death. Yes, as I've mentioned before in my. How long have I been smoking weed? I don't know, 10 years or so. My 10 years of smoking weed, I have never single once had a visual hallucination from yeah. smoking weed. Mm-hmm. That is from like acid or shrooms. <laughs> uh, that like no matter how much how much weed you smoke, I've never had a visual hallucination. Yeah. So yeah, I find I always just, it irks me a little. Yeah, that's going to be next month's episode. We're just going to be taking shrooms on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, there is an episode in season one. It's one of um, whenever I was still doing solo episodes. There is an episode where I wasn't actively on shrooms, but I was, I, I had was done like shrooms. Aftermath. Yeah, I had done shrooms the night before. <laughs> you were still feeling the shock and waves. And then, yeah, the, the you, you get some, you get some residuals. Um, and so yeah, I think it was from me smoking weed. I think it kicked back in oh, those yeah. residuals. It woke up. Uh, so I think it, it was a uh, oh, uh, fittingly, it was the Bad Batch episode. Very nice on uh, on the 2016 yeah, that, movie. That the Bad makes Batch. sense, you know, a little ayahuasca kind of journey through uh, Joshua Tree or wherever they're filming in that. Yeah, that that episode. We're gonna have to talk the Bad Batch again at some point because that episode does not make sense. <laughs> uh, I'm a rambly mess in that episode, and it's uh, it's it has its merits, but uh, to actually break down that movie, which I actually really enjoy, mm-hmm. I might have to do a redux at some point. Appreciate it. Uh, what about another pick for you? Okay, so we had a we had a few um that were shouted out. Uh, one that was shouted out on Twitter, um, which I think is a, another great um uh kind of cliche stereotype stoner is um Palmer and the Thing, mm-hmm. um because he is our you know resident conspiracy theorist. Um, yeah. but, but he's also very relatable because it's like you know he's a blue collar working guy. They're they're up in you know Antarctica or whatever working. Yeah, I, I would definitely need some weed to be working in that station. Putting up sure. with twelve other dudes, yeah, like uh, you need worst, it. Worse, I mean, I, I, I mean, he, he's like a scientist, right? So yeah, he's still it. like a capable person. <laughs> he's not just like bumbling around. And yeah, he's like, he's like looking uh, through a you know microscope, like whoa, yeah. you know. Or he's the like, he's the radio technician. Okay, so, but still, still very, enough still, to be uh, sent by whatever the fuck companies to go to Antarctica and study. I, I don't know what are they studying out there? Icebergs or something? Who knows? What <laughs> were they actually studying out there? We actually don't really know what penguins. Just kind of hang hanging out um but yeah so so again yeah he's uh kind of the the conspiracy theory one that starts like whenever things are going on he's like trying to come up with uh what reason yeah uh is um for the thing happening so for the thing Uh, another pick that i have it's probably the silliest one uh on our list is uh titus telesco uh from i still know what you did last summer which if you've not seen the movie (laughs) in a while or you're not familiar with the name it's jack black and he's got like 
shitty dreads and it's in a pool and it's very silly he's got <laughs> white boy dreads i mean yeah. nothing screams he looks a, like spider from avatar the way of water <laughs> no, nothing nothing uh screams late 90s horror like yeah. a uh, white dreaded stoner yeah uh, i mean of course uh it's jack black still doing jack black stuff so yeah. i mean he's still fun and mm-hmm. that movie of course not nearly as good as the first one yeah but it does have its own little, like fun merits of yeah. uh you know the slasher at the a uh, vacation spot. And, yeah, uh, he's a uh, you know he's he's again he's uh, he's making Jack Black noises. He's dancing <laughs> around. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's doing the things. things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we love Jack Black. He's uh, been like uh, having a, a re resurgence. I feel like every few years he has a resurgence. So he's quite popular on TikTok. And then you watch something like this, and you're like, oh, that's why people love him because he's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, so for my final one, um, I think is, uh, I mean, it's the one that I used for the GIF when I tweeted, tweet, ugh, when I tweeted this out. When I tweeted it out. When I tweeted this out, and uh, I think he might be the um, most popular uh, movie stoner, at least of the past uh, 15 years or so, and that would mm-hmm. be Marty from Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is a top tier, he comes prepared for, uh, you know, this uh, hiking trip. He's got his uh, yeah. cool thermos that uh, extends into a bong, which you can buy. <laughs> You can. Oh yes, it's one hundred percent function real. as both of those things. Yes. Or are you drinking bong water? Well, I don't know if you could. I don't think it functions as a normal thermos, but it actually works as a bong though. You can buy it. Oh, um, so cool. yeah, so go out there and uh, go find it. But he's got that. But not only that. Being a stoner helps him survive. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, goes against the stereotype, even though he is meant to be the joker, the jester for you know their uh, their sure. ritual. He still doesn't completely fall into it. One, he's very smart. He basically spells out the the um, the movie like midway with his whole uh, humanity speech like in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got that. But then also him smoking weed uh, made him immune to the effects of the gas that they were pumping into the cabin. So that's why <laughs> he that. so that's why he didn't get dumber like everybody else because yeah. he was too stoned. Damn. So uh, so he was buffing there. Uh, things and him being a you know paranoid stoner was yeah. him able to find the wires and the cameras mm-hmm. so it's like um if he wasn't a stoner he probably wouldn't have made it till the end i mean even though yeah. he does still die technically which is not only like a, a, a fun character in and of itself but the fact that it's in a slasher movie a genre that is famously portrayed stoners is just like bumbling idiots to get killed like a third of the way into the movie the fact that he makes it so long is like pretty you know pretty subversive for sure yeah no he's a he's a really great character he's super funny uh franz Kranz. Uh, gives a really great performance in it uh has uh, just some the way he delivers certain lines of like in calling out the you know ridiculous things of it is yeah like, uh whenever they um are they play in truth or dare and then they go into the basement and start seeing all the items mm-hmm. and then he goes uh i dare everyone to go upstairs like <laughs> what are we still doing here right now yeah, yeah. um is uh, uh super funny uh another pick that uh, you had on your list but it's probably one of my favorites is got to be ed from Shaun of the dead uh, portrayed by nick frost uh just one of the best comedies one of the best uh zombie movies of all time in my opinion and ed is just this lovable oaf that's bringing his friend down but is like the most loyal and and you know has that deepest bond with Sean. It's 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 the best. It's it's yeah. Nick Frost in all of those movies is so great. But as Ed is just you know money. He's super funny. And then but the cool thing about him being a stoner is is even when he's turned into a zombie, it doesn't change him. Like yeah. at the end of the movie, he's a zombie and they are still in the shed playing video games, right? As if they would have been otherwise. So the it's dream. like he literally does not change uh, via zombie virus because uh, because weed. 
Um, but um, I, I think we got it covered uh, a bit on some of horror's uh, favorite stoners. And uh, we will close out um, our coverage on Ash vs. the Evil Dead as we uh, talk uh, this month's favorite stoner, Mr. Ashley J. Williams. So, Ash vs. the Evil Dead Season 3 was released February 25th, 2018, so it took a two-year break in between Seasons 2 and 3, which maybe it might have hurt it a little bit as far as its uh, ratings and viewership goes to lead to the cancelization. So that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe there was also some you know, writing on the wall in a weird way, but I don't know. I feel like watching this season, especially the way that it ends up, it's like, no, they fully intended for another to one of going. these to come out. Mm-hmm. This is like, it's not like, a okay, and that's the end of the evil dead. It's no like on to the next adventure. So yeah, uh, yeah. I, I wonder if that two year break maybe gained some uh, insight or something from like a corporate standpoint. I don't know. Uh, again, I think it was just because, like, cause it had a, it, it was never doing big numbers or viewership, but it was like doing enough to keep going. But there was definitely a really big dip in between two and three, and I think yeah. it is uh, partially just because of them taking this break, and then people probably forgot about it. And of yeah. course, you know, there's so many TV shows out that like you take a two year break. Like, I still haven't watched the final season of Mr. Robot because they took like a two and a half year break in between. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and and I saw. You know, obviously they were planning for more because they didn't announce the cancelization until the week before the finale aired for this season. So, yeah, they had no idea. They were totally intending on doing more. They had zero idea, which sucks because it didn't uh, give them a a, uh, opportunity to, like, you know, film something to be a conclusion also how petty they they announced it a week before the finale right. prepared it's just like get ready for the epic conclusion also fuck you guys anyway guys enjoy <laughs> literally total bullshit like that that is some uh, some pretty petty shit yeah um but we have a couple of the same directors returning back we have mark beasley and rick jacobson uh doing the majority on this season uh beasley did episodes one two seven and eight so the first time anyone's done four episodes in a season and uh, Rick Jacobson did 9 and 10. And then we have uh, two brothers, Diego and Andres um, uh, Meza Valdez, uh, that did episode 3. And then Daniel Netheim did 4 and 5. And then uh, Reagan Hall did episode 6. Yeah. Um, so uh, a couple new directors in there. And you can kind of feel it in a few of the episodes, mm-hmm. which we'll get into. Um, but again, uh, lots of writers, lots of cinematographers. The Rotten Tomato scores for all three seasons are all... 95 and above okay uh, season three even has a hundred percent but on all of those like they only each have like 15 to 20 ratings interesting yeah, yeah. I, I think it's also been illuminating to look at like the imdb scores of like how a lot of i mean fuck that website and a lot of the people that you know you know review bomb and things like that but i i guess it's it if not anything it's consistent but uh i i think that it's been pretty interesting to track how fans have adjusted to the season what episodes that they've liked it uh, in in each you know uh, uh chapter in this story uh and i think that if you look season three is the most like well regarded overall which i don't know if i agree with but it's certainly an interesting perspective i mean the the seasons don't really have too much uh variation amongst like the scores and stuff um i don't have the the tv letterbox app that people have been using so 
don't know what the rating is. Is it on. like TV's letterboxed or is it yeah. like a di- it's a different thing or is it just or, well, literally letterbox TV? Well, it's not it's not owned by Letterbox, but oh, it I is see. a adjacent app and it kind of has a similar setup. Okay. Um I forget cool. what it's called because I don't watch enough TV shows to yeah. make an account for it. <laughs> you and I were literally talking before we started recording and you're like, "Hey, an- another show you should probably watch." I'm like, "God damn it, Devon, I'll add it to the list, oh, you know." <laughs> and and speaking of another, even though this did get canceled uh in 20 22 they did announce that uh they would do an animated revival of ash vs evil dead yeah um and literally just today there was uh, some news dropping and it was uh regarding the inclusion of kelly and pablo oh. um if that if they were going to also still be included because the only per like it's been in uh active development still and yeah. the only thing that has been solidified was that bruce campbell is gonna voice ash I had no idea. This is com- this is complete news to me. And I was literally thinking as I finished the episode yesterday, I was like, well, they could continue it in like a comic book or a, I don't know, a video game. Which I think something. they did. But I mean, they well, did the Ash versus Evil Dead. Are you saying comic book or video game? Well, comic books okay. and in the game. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. the new game came out pretty recently. And I don't know if it's like how the Friday games are to where it's like, yeah, you're in the Evil Dead world, but it's not like a new story per se. So I, I, I have no idea about that. No, the, it, it kind of plays out like like a like similar to like the original evil dead trilogy does um but uh, i haven't played it but i think one thing that is fun in the game is you can obviously play as you can play as ash pablo kelly are all in there um they eventually added mia as well but you can also play as a deadite and just uh cause a cause mayhem uh, in in multiplayer that's exactly what i would want to do that sounds like a a, a lot of fun (laughs) but no i think (laughs) i think they did do uh i think they did do a comic book Okay. Um, uh, which continuation. I, yeah, which I think is been proven to be successful. I know that if you're a fan of the Tim Burton Batman movies, uh, DC did a run recently where they were able to continue Keaton's story and have like Billy D. Williams as Two Face. So I think if anything, there's certainly an appetite for that, and it, I think it gives some sense of closure because <laughs> the show is just like again it's really ramping up for another story and if if the animated show isn't going to address that it sounds like kelly and pablo are kind of maybe not a given to be in the show so maybe it's just i, I don't know another thing but if not i would love to see this con- uh, story continued in some medium i mean i hope it does because i mean we did because we discussed like um you know 2013 evil dead has a few like nods but isn't explicitly confirmed to be in the universe yeah um and then um and then from what we've seen of Evil Dead Rise, obviously yeah. um, there was there was no mention of yeah. you know Elk Grove, the things happening there. Yeah. Um. So I guess we might be as far as films go, we yeah. might just be uh, permanently in our own pocket dimension. So it would be nice for the yeah. animated series to just pick up you know right where we left off. Yeah, I agree. And it's also in like retrospect after watching this show, the 2013 film being in like the same universe as this universe just becomes all the more confusing, and it's just like. I don't know. What do you think? We're, uh, now that we've all said and done, is it? Do you think it's in the same universe? Because I'm not convinced. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was actually re-listening to the episode that I did uh, on the 2013 Evil Dead to like kind of see where some of my theories were um, uh, coming up, and yeah, um, because 
the thing is, we don't know when the cold open of that movie takes place. If mm-hmm. that took place before Ash like and the, the gang. burning of the daughter. And yeah. Everything. So yeah. it's like, did that take place before? Because in the Evil Dead 2013 movie, they say that their family bought the cabin at some point. It's been in their family for at least, yeah. uh, you know, since they were kids. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a little bit muddy. Yeah. You um, also and, throw like time travel and stuff that's in this, you know, in the Ash vs. Dead season. So it's yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. and and the Delta was in the 2013 yeah. one and so it's like okay well if ash doesn't have the delta you know? yeah, yeah and and again like there was a scene that they shot where ash was like a truck driver that picks up mia at right and so after all of this um because we've had some time travel shenanigans and like i'm still convinced that season three is in like its own split timeline like one of those splintered timeline things yeah so i feel like there's like kind of multiple realities of the evil dead one of those verse. multiverses all the kids are talking about yes <laughs> yes so that's that's kind of where i'm sitting that's the only way to make it make sense because yeah. i was going back and think of the other films as well and obviously evil dead 20 evil dead 2 is canon because yeah. he lost his hand mm-hmm. and obviously that of course but we also saw in season two we um, see that he, um, you know, they talk about him killing his sister Cheryl. That only happens in the first one because in Evil Dead Two, he only shows up with second Linda. Yeah. At the beginning of that movie, mm-hmm. so somehow Evil Dead One and Two both exist because I thought Evil Dead Two just kind of wiped out Evil Dead One. Yeah. But he's also got the the Looking Glass still at the end of this season as yeah. well. So yeah. there's yeah, there's there's some like parallel reality yeah. things that mix in and they just don't care to try to explain it either see that's the thing is i also don't care so i would much rather watch a film like evil dead rise and not to spoil anything even though it's not you know much of a spoiler but like that film is just kind of like maybe cool we're gonna go do this other thing you know like that's that's something i really appreciate it's like maybe it's in the same universe but also we're just gonna tell our own fucking story and introduce world building in different you know Mm -hmm. elements of this world that we all know and love but it's not concerned with is ash you know the fucking janitor of this apartment building or whatever It, it could also you know because um the, the show didn't get into it, but it could be the explanation for Evil Dead Rise is that there's multiple Necronomicons that we saw in Army of Darkness. Right. Uh, when he's back in the past, there's multiple versions. Mm-hmm. So um, it, the one that's in Evil Dead Rise could be one of the books that has never come across Ash and the Gang. Yeah. Um, it, it could have been in that angle. That could also be the case for the 2013 one, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Uh, but again, I like that the... The series has never tried to explain it either because yeah. that's my thing. Like it's either if you're going to try to explain it, you better actually do it Be thorough and, make, it. Yeah. and make it make sense. Yeah. Otherwise, just don't try. So yeah. it's like I like that they're just like, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I don't think it's it's uh, nearly as interesting, but I, I got to say I am curious and uh, hopefully we do see it answered is at the end of this. What's going on with that? Is that another like little parallel pocket dimension kind of situation? I wouldn't put it past this show, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but it's a shame that we might not see it. But we still have the rest of this season to discuss. Yeah. Lots of so uh, so let's get into our general thoughts on season three here. Uh, How do you feel? Um, you know, I, I, we, I think you and I both agreed, uh, we kind of disliked and liked different things about the prior season, but I think you and I both agreed that it was better than season one. Um, and I think that this is unfortunately probably the worst season of the show. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff going on with these characters that I am just like the multiverse stuff, just not, I don't really 
give a shit. Like, I don't care what's going on with Ash and his daughter in this season and her being like, oh, man, you're a murderer. And we're all watching it like, yeah, it's, you know, it's the Deadites and he's trying to save the world. And like just seeing her come to that conclusion throughout the course of the season, just really not interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that Pablo uh continues to you know grow like he he did in last season to some degree uh that's something that you and i kind of disagreed on but he continues to grow as a character his connection with the brujo continues to develop in this season which i was uh, excited to see that uh we've get not as much growth from kelly so it's like it's just really weird back and forth Mm -hmm. it's like this character not interested in this one i do like but has development and so on and so I just think that there's a lot of character stuff in the season that is really up and down. There's some plot stuff that is just way too plotty and I don't give a shit. There's not as much fun mm-hmm. set pieces. It's just like everything is just not quite as good as the last season, which sucks because it's yeah. like, no, oh, it kind of goes out on a whimper, you know? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I felt the same way. Um, the weakest season, I mean, not bad. It's still entertaining. No, not at all. still not fun. All. Yeah. It still has its moments. But at this point, uh, again, and and I felt it immediately from the first episode that yeah. was like, oh, I can already tell that they're doing stuff that they're setting up for more later. Like yeah. I can already tell like the stuff that they're setting up in these early episodes are not going to get paid off for because sure. they assume more is coming. So it's like I kind of felt that initially yeah. already. And then so a lot of episodes, it kind of felt like we were um, kind of uh, just going through the motions and mm-hmm. which is fine. Like, you know, this would have been like their kind of solidifying season of being like, hey, like, OK, three seasons in. Yeah. Th- this is the show, you know, yeah. and like kind of and then because a lot of times in series season four ends up being a lot of the times the best season. That's like a that's a, a typical strong season number for Dexter. TV series. True Dexter, probably Breaking Bad, too. I stopped watching Dexter after the fourth season because I was like, I don't need any more. I heard the Lord it. I heard- intended, Devon, as the Lord intended. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was told not to go past this, and I didn't, and I am happy for that decision. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so it's like you can feel them that they were maybe uh, gearing up for that. So yeah. they're like, okay, let's plant some seeds, and you know, yeah. four things for the fourth season. Uh, that unfortunately we're not going to get. I was, uh, yeah, certain things that, yeah, certain characters get a little bit more to do, but then again, it's like, okay, like how many times are we doing this bit of Pablo dying? Like how many times has yeah. this dude died and like come back, you know? So it's like, we were, he is the Kenny of the Ash versus evil dead. Series. So, so, so it's like, we kind of have that repeated thing. And then yeah, uh, Ash's daughter Brandy is introduced and it's like, they should have dropped her at the end of season two. And sure. to kind of be a little bit more of a cliffhanger, but it's like, it happens. So like, without fanfare it's just like all of a sudden this other woman shows up oh hey yeah uh, you have a daughter and then she dies and it's just like it happens all so fast which do love that ashes canonically was married in branson missouri ao midwest <laughs> shout out here we go um and uh but yeah it, it was just like we're introducing these things and i love that um uh, because you started watching before me so when you sent me that text uh about brandy and i was like oh great she's gonna suck i was like that that's a bummer i i <laughs> sent you the the clip from eastbound and down uh because her character just wears the goofiest shit in this movie or in this season like at one point she's wearing like pants a, 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 a jacket over her like waist uh a shirt a button down and then a jacket over that just and the clip i sent you was from eastbound and down where he's like honey i love you but you're dressed like a fucking dickhead and that's how i felt watching brandy in this season is you know she's she's a sweet like kind character but she's just 
there's something off about her, whether it's her clothes or just her personality or her arc in the show. You know, she dresses like a fucking dickhead. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to Brandy a little bit more here a bit, but uh, and and I don't know. It it, it felt like that they set up some things at the end of season two, like because the the way that season two ended was it felt like it was like a dream. It like felt like it like wasn't real. And there's yeah. even a time where Pablo mentions it like three episodes later. He's like, he's like, yeah, I died and they came back to life. And it's weird. Like, it, it was like, how did anything happen? I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, really, show? That's going to be your guys' explanation? Just wave it away. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be like, oh, like Ash is a celebrity in town now. And like, there's going to be like some like kind of dream like quality to that. But it's like, no, that's kind of nipped in the bun the first episode. Yeah. And then uh, we're, we're kind of back at it. And um. And yeah, it gets way too plotty. Like I, I was excited for the dark ones to come in. Be like, all right, cool, we're leveling yeah. up. You yeah. know, the the threat, and we're gonna do some more of that. The dark ones. But then they also do a whole subplot of like you know Ash's seed and everything. And this is a lot about family, obviously him dealing with his daughter. But then yeah. it's like, well, you guys did devil spawns in the last season, but you right. did nothing with it. And but now it's a different devil spawn because it's like part Ash or whatever. Yeah. So it's like they're ignoring certain stuff that they set up in season two, but then kind of ignoring it as well. And then also just kind of redoing some of it or taking like a slightly different approach. It's Another like, exorcism of Pablo. Yeah, like, it's like Ruby's back and she wants the fucking dagger. It's like, what else is new, man? You know, it's just... What uh, was up with her fucking wig? The blonde wig? Well, uh, like it was distracting. I got used to it eventually, but... Hey, she's first a two- guidance counselor at a, at a school. They don't have great wig money, you know. Uh, that's I, certainly I they, not in the budget. I think <laughs> they eventually... Missouri. <laughs> true, true. I mean, I think they... I think they um eventually switched to her normal hair because it wasn't so bright later in the season but the yeah. first two episodes it it's was like a party city wig <laughs> it was so distracting um yeah so it's like we kind of uh retreading certain stuff ignoring other things and then obviously setting up a lot that unfortunately isn't going to get paid off so yeah. the, that that kind of sucks but um so yeah let's get into um the new characters introduced uh, and the biggest one being Brandy, which we've already kind of gotten into a bit. Yeah. Dressed as like a dickhead, in case Dress- you forgot. Like, she she looks straight out of 2003. Like, she, like uh, have you seen, like, the things that Ashley Tisdale would wear on the red carpets back in the day? Oh, yeah. Like, the, the vest, like, vest, jacket, layers, t-shirt combo. Probably layers. a fedora in there, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, a, a long sleeve shirt under a flannel. Yeah. With a jacket on also. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But also... Um, it just sucks because she doesn't really have anything. She doesn't really have an arc. Um, it's, you know, obviously her mom dies and, you know, so she, okay, you're giving her the same thing that everybody else has already yeah. done. You lose yeah. a family member and you have to learn how to get past, you know, your fear of the deadites. But then yeah. she sees her mom killed by her deadite friend, but yet we're going to spend the entire season of her not believing the things that Ash says. Of course. Why are we spending so much time doing yeah. this? It was so pointless. So it's like basically her arc is learning to believe Ash and learning to be his daughter. That's like essentially her arc. Yeah. yeah and it's not necessarily a case of like predictability. Like, yeah, we know she's going to turn. So that's not even really the issue. The issue is just, again, what you had said is like we see her encounter the evil dead like that her dad is pretty fucking good at killing and like you know dispatching uh and, and then she's just in the entire show is like well oh, you're a murderer it's the same thing that happened in last season where a lot My of the guidance town, like, counselor is not evil yeah but it's like we all know like it's like yeah we we know man You've so you're just it, waiting girl. for another character to kind of catch up i do think that character wise yeah just not super interesting there are some moments of comedy that come out 
from that. Like she gets sprayed with blood like so much throughout the season mm-hmm. and is just horrified by that. There's also a really fun sequence where Ash is at like the prom and he comes out with like a severed head and he's like slipping on blood and everybody's fucking terrified. So that kind of is he isn't he we know he's not but I, I think there's some fun to be had with that that it was especially great like uh one of the funnier scenes of the show really is fucking ash uh at her at the mom's funeral uh and he like, like has busting out of the casket yeah has yeah. the has the set piece with uh dead eye mom in the casket which was super fun and yeah. then him uh yeah just all disheveled and being like yeah uh no keep going with the you're, speech you're doing, you're doing babe. yeah uh, <laughs> you know really great and so uh, you know, Brandy herself, not a. Uh, I mean, in her performance is fine. Like she has totally. She has a few like funny uh, moments. Like I wish yeah. I could have saw her with Kelly more. Like when she was with Kelly, they right. had a really great dynamic. That would have been fun. Um, and you know, and she eventually like kind of whenever you do hear her like say like kind of some similar lines of Ash and stuff, and right. like you kind of see those things. That's like okay, that like this could be fun. And like again, we would have gotten. You know, I'm assuming we would have still gotten her in some facet going forward you know know, maybe but even though she wasn't written that well as a character her for for herself uh what she does for ash's character is very strong like it totally makes sense to give him a daughter to like kind of rethink everything of the way that he is and um and reconcile with that It, it totally makes sense like him learning to be an affectionate dad at first i was like Man, this is, uh, again, knowing that we only get 10 episodes of this, so it's like, it's going to kind of happen fast, yeah. but it's like, but I bought their chemistry, though, and I and I like what it, uh, the way that it made Ash, you know, think about himself and his purpose and things like that. Of course, and I think it also pairs well with a lot of what last season was, with Ash kind of wrestling with his past and his father and, like, what mm-hmm. that legacy yeah. means on his family, so, like, continuing the next kind of logical choices you had said to include this you know, long lost illegitimate daughter in season three, I think is a good idea. Um, But it's just unfortunate that again, not a lot is done with her character and she mostly exists to like serve the arc of the hero, which is like, it's not a bad thing, but it's, it certainly could be uh, a lot better. Yeah. Again, it it works for Ash, who is of course our main character, but um, it sucks that it, you know, she just didn't get a little bit of like individualism, like for sure. You know, like what is her, what's her thing? Like I don't know what she's like at all. Like all I know is her yeah. being scared and not believing Ash. Like I don't really yeah. know. Like it took out of ten episodes, I couldn't tell you three things about her. Like you know, she's a pothead. That's one of them. We see that in episode one. She's smoking by the locker. Oh yeah, she was smoking by a locker, which is funny because at the end, uh, whenever she wants to take a hit from Ash, and then yeah. he goes, "God no," yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah. Uh, uh, rejects it, uh, which was super funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so we you know we don't really get too much. Uh, we only get an episode with a uh, Candice. Like I like uh, hearing about you know Ash's past exploits. And what was her Candy something? Her name was Candice Bar, and he's like Candy Bar. Candy Bar, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it's fun to kind of see again. Like it was a trend from last season, the past coming back to confront Ash and long lost flings that he used to have, uh, and, and these people that he's you know he's not really grown, uh, but they have grown. So kind of the context surrounding him. It's it's fun to see like an old fling that he had there's also a, a funny scene where he's like who would have known all that sex would have led to a kid <laughs> it's like, well you know 
kind of how it happens. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and it totally makes sense because it's it, that's totally an Ash thing. He says um, something about a condom too. He's like, "That's my lucky condom." He's that like, it's fifty and O. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just the so subtle, good. so good. Yeah, there. I mean, that is a, a, again one of the strengths of this season. I'll yeah. say is um again just like really building out some of these really small details about Ash that yeah. cracks me up. That he goes to a sperm clinic to like make money, which is like just because he loves jerking off so much exactly which is like it's a it's a gross scene but not as gross as i thought it was going to be oh i I was i was screaming i was just like yeah yeah. like you know uh every season we introduce a new fluid and this one it was ashes jizz yeah and uh i love that like he goes there and he's like he sees this uh like nude magazine like a playboy knockoff and then the magazine comes to life and like tries to like bite his dick off i was like ah, yes this is why i love evil dead again another <laughs> variation of him also uh fighting a hand yeah uh, right you know we, right. we kind of keep getting the the riffs on that but yeah such a a funny little detail um i love um whenever they do um because they did it in the earlier seasons too, is when they have a montage of Ash getting ready. It, it's yeah. him always like getting a weapon, a weapon, and then the third thing is always something very innocuous, and it's yeah. either him rubbing Ben Gay on his neck yeah. or him putting aftershave <laughs> on. Like, there's always just like another yeah. like random thing that he does, it's and great. I always um I find that really funny. Yeah, I think as always, the humor is never really faltered in these shows. It still really manages to have like great creepy gross horror uh with a great mix of of comedy and finding like comedy within character as well as like silly splatstick sort of cartoonish uh you know looney tunes kind of style so that's not really the issue i I think the tone here is still really strong and it doesn't feel like it's kind of creatively sputtering out despite the fact that the narrative kind of does yeah, it, they they uh, didn't go as dark as season two. Yeah, uh, in this one, uh, I noticed they did make an effort to have more co- uh, more comedic set pieces. Yeah, um, you know we have Ash versus uh, a little kid running around. So and, good, a uh, kid in a deadite body, super yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, him uh, finding the kid while he has the the hand uh, gripped to the sink. Uh, uh, with the lady, yeah. like so, it's like we have a whole physical aspect there, which is one of my favorite set pieces of uh of the season. Um, so yeah, I noticed they they tried to put more comedy in this one, which works though because at the because then in episode ten where it turns apocalyptic and it just like makes it complete like one eighty into like yeah. super dark territory and that's like oh shit like this is a uh this is like kind of um it was like whiplash a little bit but like a good way i think my favorite kill not that we have to to get there now but there's a really good one because like uh, ash owns a hardware store and uh one of the dead gets stuck in a paint mixer and it like vibrates and shakes her head just off of her body like it's not like a rip it's just like slowly just removes off of her torso it's so creative and so good right i watched that and i was like i i've never seen that before like i I love the ingenuity here yeah i wish we had more uh set pieces in the hardware store because yeah we do have more options for stuff like that because that is a a a super creative one i really enjoyed that one um i mean i would say of my favorite kills because i mean again yeah some of my favorite set pieces um, I really liked um, again Ash at the funeral home in the in the casket was so uh, super fun yeah. uh, because it was also like really gross and like it was like Ash getting violated for once yeah. <laughs> which was like kind of just like oh poor guy but like also kind of deserves it a little bit um, so it was like kind of like a weird inverse of um, this like super like horny deadite after yeah. like because that's kind of all she was to him yeah uh, so like kind of again made sense there. 
and then I really did like, um, yeah, when the, his little demon spawn uh, crawls up the, the coochie of uh, that large Scandinavian woman, as uh, Ash kept calling her, um, and then hit just the little baby's head out of like this gigantic body. Yeah. Uh, was super funny. Um, and the just the, the sound effects on the kid just always, he would just always be like, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> like you'd hear him just like his like little footsteps like running around in the yeah. background. There's uh, a, yeah. That was really fun. There's also another set piece that is probably one of the more like recognized ones. And I, I wonder know what you think about it. Um, but it's the mascot scene. Like that was like a, a scene that I had always like uh, seen images of and like promotion for this. So I think it's like a pretty well known oh. set piece. Hmm. What did you think of that? Because I I I thought it was a little disappointing. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was. I, I think it could have been a lot better. Uh, we could have definitely gotten more with this. Uh, you know, deadite in a uh in a uh, costume. Yeah. No. Uh, I I mean, I liked it. Um. It, it at one point though, there was like a bunch of CGI blood. And and then it like switched really fast. So, like yeah. they we got like one shot of it when uh like in real blood, but then they like kind of went back. So uh, yeah. it was a little shoddy in that angle, but like it looked cool visually of like the lockers bleeding yeah. and like uh, the the mascot head. But uh, I mean that one I didn't really see uh, promoted too much. But uh, I also but in that episode that's where we also got um the set piece in the classroom with all the musical instruments. Yeah, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought I thought that was a I thought that was a fun one. Yeah, uh, I think act- on the whole a lot of the CG effects you had mentioned like the cg blood I, I think on the whole they're they're pretty good in this season i was quite impressed especially with like the monster at the end which is it's not amazing it's not oscar winning but i think for a small tv budget it's pretty i impressive. thought it looked damn good yeah like i really liked the uh the the, the kandar design. kaiju yeah. uh scene at the end it yeah. was like i felt very apocalyptic gave me some cloverfield vibes like, yeah. i thought it actually looked like really good so yeah. i kind of forgave that they were maybe saving yeah. money uh, for this at the end of yeah, the season well, it's clouded in like lots of smoke and fog and everything so i thought it was cool it, like it breathed fire yeah and, like cool we, we, we had sure. a we had helicopters shooting yeah. guns at it like yeah. i thought that was pretty neat and from what i could tell like a semi-practical tank that uh, ash really yeah. like drives up the street so yeah this show continues to not really like really uh, uh balk when it comes to a lot of the uh, budget and the practical effects and the emphasis on that and yeah it continues to be Something that I think that this show is able to do really well. Offer that, that you know, theatrical, uh, like, expectation of what we, you know, expect to go see when we see an Ash versus or uh, Evil Dead type story of what the violence is known for that. And I think that the series does a good job at maintaining that. Yeah. I mean, again, we get, like, added variety with uh, having the dark ones now. So we kind of get, like, these, uh, the, the this going on. Uh, yeah. We kind of get some, like, ghostly uh, apparitions with uh, with Ghost Dad and yeah. then, uh, that, that uh, Kaya, the sorcerer at the end so it's yeah. like we we uh, get a still get some more variety of some uh, different things to uh we we get like a um i called it a, a deadite slither monster mm-hmm. it kind of looked like a uh, similar uh to michael rooker with a when he's like flailing the like long arm around but he's like melding so it was like kind of like a thing mixed with slither like because yeah. it was like kind of uh, that that was a, a fun little set piece as well. So it's like, yeah, we still and it looked really good too. It, that was right. like uh, mainly mainly practical and yeah. So so I I appreciate the variety that we still get with that kind of stuff. As far as um the other main like uh, new characters that came in, uh, we had uh Dalton and the Knights of Sumeria. Yeah, what'd you what'd you think about that? I thought it wasn't like super narratively compelling. It also doesn't end up being like that important by the end of the show. Um, but I did like that 
it is kind of a connection to Army of Darkness and mm-hmm. the impact that Ash like had on that time period and like what that would do to people <laughs> and like that they would probably look to somebody like that as a god, which is kind of how they see him as like this, you know, idol. And when they see him, they like kneel down and, you know, they they really idolize this guy who we obviously know to be kind of a degenerate. So like that was a lot of fun narratively, though, not super compelling, but it's I think it's a funny beat. Yeah, no, it is a uh, a fun little uh, connection to Army of Darkness. I didn't even think about this because so Dalton said his family has been in the Knights of Sumeria. What if uh, uh, Ash also accidentally had a kid with the princess back in Army of Darkness? And what if uh, Dalton is a long lost, a uh, long, uh, long descendant, <laughs> uh, distant descendant of Ash? Uh, I think is like kind of interesting. But yeah, they like introduce yeah. him and. I'm like, oh, are they good? Like, is he like good? Is he like being for real? And then like, he was just like so over the top and like what they were doing. I didn't like, we didn't need like Kelly having a crush on him to like make Pablo jealous. We didn't need, yeah, I was just kind of like, all right. And then we like get the, the, the group of them like later on. Um, I mean, yeah, but we, we needed them to, to get to, uh, the, the rift in the, in the cellar. Um, from the from the guy that yeah. Brock Williams killed and then just left <laughs> left the hardware store and just never came so back. So funny that that was was really really great. You had mentioned going back to the cellar. Another thing I wasn't like super thrilled on because uh, the the last season ends with them like kind of going well not exactly there's a few episodes at the end there but it ends with this big set piece of them in the basement cellar of some sort and i was like i know it's not the cabin but like it's again still with this shit cellar. like come on you know? no again yeah we, we we hit a lot of repeated beats yeah um and again like i don't know if it goes back to like what i was talking about in the last season the evil dead in theory like um you know causes a lot of these like same coincidental things to, like kind of happen um, over and over again, you yeah. know, and um, I talk about this in um, the episode I did on the 2013 Evil Dead as well, so you can go back and listen more of that theory. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, it, you could still say it's that in universe, or it's also like kind of the writing kind of spinning their wheels a little bit. Um, so, what was uh, your favorite episode from this season? Um, I gotta be honest, I don't really know if I have one. Like, I think all of the episodes I enjoy like about the same. I would say. Maybe if it's what the episode I think it is, uh, the third episode of the season, I think that's the funeral one. Um, so I, I think that yeah. one, and it's with Ghost Dad too. I and uh, the Knights of Sumeria stuff. So like, I think that episode is probably the most fun. Uh, but again, that's measuring hairs here. I think a lot of the episodes are like of the same quality. There's not a lot of peaks and valleys despite the fact that the season is kind of a valley in my opinion yeah um the the first two episodes i wasn't really too big of a fan of um even though we did get the um the the um sperm donation yeah uh, sperm bank set piece which is super fun uh really gross um i would say my favorite episode uh was episode seven and that's the one taking place during the school dance yeah uh which is uh super fun you know we kind of get some um um nods uh, to Ash's past and that I like how yeah. he had joints stashed around the school that right. apparently still that are still good. Stuff, yeah, uh, that was uh, super funny. Um, we we did get um one of my um predictions from from last episode come true with some multiple Ash See, stuff, but it wasn't. Yeah. But and again, yeah, uh, we're kind of hitting the same beats. That's again. what I was saying, man. I was like, it was literally last season. What are we doing? But I thought <laughs> this one. I thought this one was really fun though because this is this is when it was effective of them like you know like this whole thing 
thing of like people trying to fool Brandy and other people about Ash's perception yeah. again. If this would have been like like more the B plot for this season, I think it could have been even more interesting because like when we do see other people seeing yeah. these different versions of Ashes and you know, like he does still have this reputation and even though yeah, he like saved the town and stuff, but then there's still uh, people yeah, that the talk ashy, it. slashy yeah, thing. Yeah. People still call him Ashes Slashy and like, you know, have all these theories about him. So I feel like they could have played with it more. Um, so yeah, again, it is a little bit repetitive, but I liked, um, in this one, I liked, um, how <laughs> the scene, because it's funny seeing Bruce Campbell, like act like a, like a teenager in a Bruce Campbell sized body. And, um, when yeah. he has to cut off his like David Cronenberg, like <laughs> organic chainsaw and he's like, yeah. it's hurting. Is it supposed to feel like this? And he's like, oh, I don't like this mom. It's yeah. a, oh, it was a super, was a super funny scene, but I just, um, I did love just like seeing, uh, Bruce Campbell just killing a bunch of teens uh, in a school dance. I mean, he's really like going to yeah. town, like hacking and slashing a bunch of kids in this uh, in this episode. Yeah. So so I thought it was fun. It actually, I think it was the best looking um, episode as well. It had That's some fair. really great imagery, some uh, really yeah uh, good camera work done in it. So yeah, I would say that's probably my favorite one. Well, I think in asking like what's your favorite episode, I think of this season, it's mostly dictated, at least in my eyes, by the set pieces. Like it'd probably just be like what episode has the best the best set pieces? Because unfortunately, I don't think that there's like too much else to offer. You know. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they yeah they don't really continue um, too many stories again with like Kelly and Pablo. It's kind of the the same stuff. Um, yeah. Apparently, there was like a time jump, and Kelly had like left the group. So like the first like few episodes, there yeah. was this like, oh, you left us, blah blah blah. Which I think is is okay. I think that's like a, a fairly uh, interesting continuation of her character. The fact that. Ash and Pablo have sort of like settled down a bit. You know, Pablo is selling fish tacos and Ash has his hardware store that she's still kind of hell bent on getting that revenge and like continuing that, you know, quest for blood because of what happened to her parents. But it's just not that I felt like that personal like need to the need to have this lifestyle was kind of dropped a little little too soon for my liking yeah again they could have did a little bit more with that um they kind of continued on a little bit of like uh kelly and ruby kind of having this rivalry um but then like kind of admiration for each other in a way or something and then you know and then kelly dies and then she's dead for like a few episodes possessed so it's like then we kind of don't really get um so it was like i don't know it felt because I remember I being upset, like thinking that she was, they were gonna, I was like, they better not kill her this unceremoniously. Like, yeah, uh, I did appreciate her, um, her tenacity and just uh, wanted to go, go up to Ruby and simply give her hands. Like, <laughs> let's go. Like, like just I'm keep sick of this. Her. Yeah. That, that uh, was a fun scene where she's like, I'm immortal. And she's like, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm going to keep shooting you. And like, I, I, I do love that. Like she really like, uh, cause, cause that is like the one quality that like I did believe of Kelly throughout these, um, three seasons of her yeah. like kind of really having this like um turn going from bloodlust but then to also just being like very capable and like being kind of fearless and like kind of turning um the the pain that she's had into like yeah. she she's very much more desensitized in this season than she had been of being like yeah, yeah this is uh, kind of my life now and I I'm you know I see these things and I'm just going to kind of have to take them and yeah. uh, go on so I mean decent in a way um you know i i still like uh, kelly as a whole across the seas i think is a a fun character that they 
could have tapped into even more. Like, mm-hmm. um, I do like that, like in the end, like her send off, like her moment with Ash is like, yeah, Ash just being like, no, like you are obviously like the, the successor to me. And like, I didn't yeah. give her that respect. Yeah. And I wish the rest of the season maybe could have played with how their roles as a group has changed. Cause I think Pablo and Kelly develop more as like, active members of this group who Mm -hmm. are able to hold their own and i think it would have been interesting to see ash kind of regress a little bit and maybe because of his daughter or something like that he's just maybe not as gung-ho as he used to be because if he dies you know she's going to be without a father and a mother or something like that to where he maybe they describe him as a coward in like one episode and it's just because he doesn't want to go fight the big monster but i think having him regress to this kind of person who's really unsure about this life because of the dangers that it could you know have and affect his family i think that would have been interesting seeing the other group you know rise up where he kind of goes down a little bit yeah they they tried to do it like really fast at the end a little bit um but and and they kind of did do it like throughout the scene like um i did notice that like he was like trusting them to like go do stuff by themselves a lot more like it wasn't like oh no we're all gonna go do this like it was like okay you can go do this because i'm gonna go do this so yeah um, there was like a little bit of development there of uh, uh, trusting them a little bit more, and um, and uh, even even like um, one little detail uh, that I notice is like in uh, you know throughout the um, throughout the seasons, there's like a recurring bit of of uh, Ash always saying, "Don't touch my stuff" to people. He's very possessive of his like things. And up until this uh, season, no, he, no one else had ever like really shoot, uh, shot the shotgun besides yeah. Ash. Like, yeah. and then in this one, he like lets other people like use it when it's like needed, mm-hmm. uh, which I found kind of interesting. I, I felt Ash's heartbreak when uh, his chainsaw was. I was gonna mention that. It's a good uh, was He's like, destroyed. No, not the chainsaw. And Ruby like crushes it with her hand. That was he he bit. loves his things, you know. Yeah. Uh, Ash really does love his things, and then and then Pablo, um, you know, we continue the evolution of his connection um, after being merged with the Necronomicon. he's been dead so he's like kind of um they go with uh he's has a foot on each plane now and Mm -hmm. uh he is uh beyond the brujo he was supposed to already become the brujo i guess from his uncle but then he ran away from his family or whatever but now he is brujo especial the special brujo yeah the special the the special brujo he is indeed yeah i really uh that was something that was on my bingo card uh and anticipation for this Mm -hmm. new season is that he was going to continue uh develop that side of him because i thought that that would be really interesting the fact that you know ash is this shoot first think never kind of character and then you know he could be kind of the the opposite of that he is this character that uses his mind his knowledge of spells Mm -hmm. and i don't know which shit like that he's able to uh uh, kill the deadites or address the deadites in just a different way so i was really glad to see that this season continues to develop that there's entire episodes with him like communing with his past and how that affects him in the future and I I really liked a lot of that stuff I don't think it's again kind of makes a ton of difference by the end of this show it feels like um but uh, i was glad that we were able to explore it for sure yeah we, we like get like a little bit because like with his abilities he's able to um like talk through the necronomicon yeah. he's able to go uh between the rifts so he like goes and uh, gets kelly so it's like yeah we do get like a lot of interesting things that he's doing and uh and he and you do finally uh get the shift in his attitude of him kind of looking for help all the time yeah. to taking more initiative um i did I, I did like that um one funny thing though i've i mean i've noticed uh, since the first season um but it, i especially noticed it last season but then this one i mean uh they love to have ray santiago shirtless he he didn't ripped. have a he didn't have a shirt on for like two and a half straight episodes in this season 
um, of him, it, which is just funny because how he is supposed to be like the the meek sidekick character, yeah. but then he is like totally jacked. Um, they 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 love uh, providing the eye candy. He he is um uh, uh, shown upon shown a shown more gaze like than uh, Kelly ever is in this in the series. He's a bona fide hot throb or a heart throb. Did you see that dude's lats? They were like practically up to his ears. Dude's yoked. Oh yeah, like he is. Uh, he, he definitely earns it. Like I mean, hell, if if I looked like that too, I'd put that in my contract too. Be like, how many shirtless scenes you need? Like I, I mean, I'm already, yeah. I'm ready. I was about to say, Devon, we have established that you you could look like that. Like literally, could look like that. It, he is. If you literally took me, and then you would have to like push me down eight inches, and yeah. then it would just turn into that muscle. Yeah. So yeah, I'm uh, just I'm just stretched yeah. out, Ray Santiago. I'm, I'm thinking like the Sims little sliders where I just like put you down a little bit and make you a bit wider, and like yeah, that's you. That's about spot on <laughs> yep yep so um and uh you know he gets uh you know the the nice emotional send-off as well of uh you know ash finally calling him the jefe yeah um which is you know a nice little um you know even though this wasn't gonna be the the final season it at least we did get that scene like i did right i did feel that scene like I agree. Uh, the, the nice yeah. little emotional send-off of him putting everybody in the truck and each kind of having their moment like i bought that and like that yeah. that at least served as a Okay, at least I get some sort of closure yeah. for for this uh, story. I totally agree because it kind of ends in a way where knowing that the show was canceled and they thought it was going to uh, continue, when that moment happened, I was like, "Oh, like that's a that's a reasonable ending." I didn't feel like I was going to feel that sense of like, you know, uh, narrative blue balls here. And then they're like, "Oh, and another thing, he's in this other dimension in the fucking apocalypse." And it's just kind of like, "Oh, okay," you know. So I agree that little corner is like tied off really nicely and then they opened up like a million plot threads in the last 10 minutes yeah so we were gonna have so going into season four i guess we were gonna have ash in the future because i think he was like chirogenically uh saved after he took out the uh the kaiju monster um with the putting the Kandarian dagger, he into wakes a tank. up in the Mad Max universe, you know, complete with the interceptor which, and everything, <laughs> which is crazy because it's like uh, that implies it's like, oh yeah, he like did a thing, but like they still lost, so it's like he yeah. like you know, and his and we don't know where everybody else is at that yeah. point. We don't know how many years it is, but it's like they they lost. The Dark One still came because like yeah. yeah, even though he beat the monster, he didn't beat the Dark Ones. Like they literally like go untouched in the in the last like episode, which I think is another detriment that. The this show has I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the dark ones because I was disappointed that the season focused so much on Ruby when I felt like the dark ones were I guess it's the nature of the season that it's setting up other things to be obviously addressed later so like you can't I guess critique it too much but I found them to be way more compelling than just making Ruby the bad guy again yeah, I mean, I I think that they at least still did a, a, a you know Lucy Lawless doing a a nice performance of being like a slightly different version of Ruby because this is like immortal eighties Ruby yeah um that then just like kind of stuck around after their time travel shenanigans and yeah. then yeah so but at, at least we get like finally the like what the backstory is on like so she was a dark one. But she betrayed the other dark ones to like yeah. kind of do her own stuff, uh, mm-hmm. her and Ball, and then she teams up with like a a a, um, a, a Knights of Sumeria that was also a traitor. Yeah, and like yeah, so uh, I feel like it was supposed to be like a a, a baton pass off to again the dark ones kind of being the more yeah. 
a bigger threat in the yeah. next season. So I mean, I mean, I love I, I love Lucy Lawless in this show. So I mean, I wasn't gonna complain about getting more of her. Mm-hmm. And um, I again, I really liked um, her like fight with Kelly and like their like whole like little thing. I thought that was fun. Yeah. But um, it, it but as far as her like kind of doing the the spawn of Ash like whole thing again. Just like, oh, yeah. we're doing this again. All right, yeah. whatever. Well, I, I thought it would have been so cool because season three does set up like 80s Ruby to be this threat that she's immortal again. She's, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe a bit uh, less world weary than the the other uh, Ruby that we're familiar with. So how cool would it have been if she's propped up to be the bad guy of this new season and then the dark ones come in, kill her super quickly, and then it's this nice kind of bait and switch. But again, the, the dark ones are mostly just this luminous threat that we may have to worry about in the future we just don't get that and i thought that they were cool their design was neat they, and they, they literally come in and like, waste everybody exactly like, yeah no time it was like how the fuck are we gonna take care of these guys and it's just like ah it doesn't matter like big monster yeah. the my favorite scene with the uh with the dark ones is like whenever they do return and they pull um the um the uh the other chicks soul out of Kelly's body, yeah. Give it a body, a very hot one, um, and then immediately burn it alive. It's so, so it's good. like they resurrect her into a whole new body so just petty, to burn man. her alive. So, I thought that so was good. really great. It's almost as petty as them saying that the show is going to be canceled <laughs> a week before the finale. <laughs> yeah, we know who the real dark ones are. The producers stars. of the, yeah stars, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, um, I thought they had this really neat kind of uh, uh, grim reaper quality to Dementor, them. Mentor, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. stuff. You know, the look, uh, probably close relatives. But I thought that they were uh, re- like a really neat threat. Would have loved to have seen that continued maybe in the animated show. Uh, what did you think about probably my least favorite aspect that they could have, they spent a little too much time on, but they also didn't make it very interesting was uh, the whole thing with the rift uh, with like this limbo area. Yeah. It felt very upside down, which makes sense because Stranger Things was going into its like third season at this point. Oh, ooh, um, so we definitely see the uh, things there, but we spent yeah. like a se- an episode and a half with them like kind of in this like in between limbo and just running around. And yeah. I was just kind of like, eh. I don't know. I feel like it is, I don't know, because I, I, I like the idea of you get to see where the evil dead resides, you know, to see their kind of the shadows that they loom in. Like, that's kind of compelling. But I think it's more interesting what happens, unfortunately, quite late in the season, which is the entire world is under fire right now. And like we get to kind of see our world being taken over by that that evil realm. Mm-hmm. So for our characters to already go there, I guess, I don't know, maybe uh, kind of mutes it a little bit. But seeing so many deadites across the world and giant monsters and all that kind of stuff, I feel like that encroachment on our reality is more interesting than going to that other reality, if that makes sense. True. But yeah, this uh like the the blending of the worlds could have been a very interesting dynamic to explore a little bit and uh the way that the dark ones like kind of um uh, invade like a plague in a way could have been very fascinating. But again, um things that we may never know, we'll never see. So um yeah, as uh getting to our final thoughts here, um uh, uh what do we want to give this out of 5? Organic weird hand flesh chainsaws. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Because that was so gross. It was very yucky. Yeah, I think for me, um, I, I, I think I rated the other two seasons uh, four out of fives, even though I think two is better than one. Um, I think for me, this one is like a six. 
six out of ten. So like it would be, I guess, like a three out of five for me. I think it's 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 good, but I've just seen this show be much better, I suppose. So it just felt like a little bummer for this to sort of be a whimper. And then I think also just inherently a lot of the plot threads that are started in this I'm just not as interested in because I know it's like that's eh, not going to go anywhere so that might not be the show's fault it might be my fault a little bit but it is you kind of do feel that sense of like disappointment in a way you know yeah I think I'm gonna probably have to go um three out of five organic saws um I mean I want to give it a three and a half but I gave the first season a three and a half so I don't know if I would so I, yeah. so I mean it's not a seven but maybe this is a six and six point five yeah. out of 10 maybe um because yeah it just uh didn't didn't quite reach uh the highs of season one or two it was it was very passable it was like you know i wasn't like bored um i mean yeah i was kind of checking my phone a little bit more <laughs> in this. Me too. <laughs> and, and watching this one i kind of was checking my phone a little bit more um and and these episodes were all the shortest too like these were all like 25 minutes like it, the other ones were at least like 28 to 30 and like these ones were the shortest ones yeah um so i mean at least i had that but um you know introduced again interesting ideas uh with brand and ash and like you know again we do get um i think a, a a good amount of you know ash character development once again like kind of still adding more layers and uh endearing us to him a little bit more um I, what did oh man i wrote it down but um how kelly described him which was just like super funny she's just like uh he's a he's a perverted a perverted drunk um that's subtly racist or something, <laughs> but he has his moments. Our hero. <laughs> uh, but he has his moments, uh, which was uh, super funny. Yeah. And um, so I like that we still we still get that um, to at least um, be compelling enough to get us through. Um, introducing ideas that unfortunately are going to get paid off. Uh, the, the production design is still there. We still yeah. get like a good variety of set pieces and effects and things like that. So it's like it's still doing all the good things that it's been doing. Um, but also doing a little too much of what they were already doing. Yeah, so. quite plotty, uh, certainly, and just it, it weighs it down uh, a little bit. It is a, a sad farewell to see the show uh, whimper like this, but I've really enjoyed talking about and watching all of all three of these seasons, even though every episode isn't, like, I think the greatest thing ever. I think this is a pretty damn good show. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I think this was also a great uh, pick to do as our first series, since, again, the length, um, you know, each... Each time that we've done this, well, um, the first two seasons I w watched all within a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like I just watched it all one straight, and then this time I did it in two nights. Um, this time, but yeah. um, so you can literally watch these as like little little mini movies. Yeah, not uh, in about uh, a week from now, whenever this airs, because it's going to be taken off of Netflix though. So you better squeeze it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you watch it, watch it while you can. I mean, I'm sure it's going to pop up somewhere else. I don't think it's just going to be yeah. be gone digitally. Hopefully, it pops up on. On another uh, streaming service, I wouldn't doubt it because Evil Dead Rise is gonna kill at the box office. Hell yeah! It so is. I assume another um, whichever streaming service uh, Evil Dead Rise ends up streaming on, I bet you Ash vs Evil Dead will end up over Get there. Get picked up, hopefully. Over, yeah, uh, is that a what, what would that be? Is that a Warner Brothers thing? Is that HBO Max? Who owns Evil Dead? Who's who's distributing for Rise? Evil Dead Rise? I yeah. think it is. Warner Brothers. So it'd be on Max, which is what it's now called. <laughs> <laughs> on Max. Yeah, we we have no idea what is going to be going on with that. Um but yeah, um a nice series 
Um, I, um, you know, we're not gonna. We already have uh, the rest of uh, 2023 planned out for themes, but you know, we might pick up a, another TV series in 2024. Uh, Garrett, what were what would be a couple uh, series uh, you'd maybe be interested in tackling? Uh, you know, maybe connected to a movie universe or not. Um, certainly the Chucky series is one. Uh, lots of people are very fond mm-hmm. over. I know the Hannibal series is another one that people are like, this is so damn good. Why did it end? You know, so uh, I think that that would be good to, to check out. I think I've been very impressed with uh, uh, Mike Flanagan and the work that he's done over at Netflix. Midnight Mass, I think, is just wonderful. Um, I, I uh, still need to watch the... Um, what is it? The Nightmare Club or the Midnight Club? I, I still haven't finished mm-hmm. that, but like Hill House and Blythe Manor are just so, so, so good. Uh, so yeah, Mike Flanagan is uh, always killing it on the TV game. Yeah, I'd be interested in possibly uh, Hannibal would probably be the one I'd be interested in because I've actually been thinking about watching that. I've mm-hmm. been like, I've heard so many good things and I always come across like a an yeah. image or like a clip from it. And I'm always like, oh, damn, like, this <laughs> looks really cool. So yeah. So uh, that would be one I'd be interested in, too, possibly. Um, one I would throw my hat in the ring for is uh, I uh, would be Bates Motel. I watched the first, like, I know I watched the first three seasons for sure. Oh, fuck. I only watched, like, the first, like, three or four episodes. <laughs> and then, and I fell off somewhere in episode, or in season four, but it has five seasons, and the yeah. fifth season is pretty much, like, a season um, of Psycho, like, okay. it leading into Psycho. Interesting. Um, And it's it's a really great, it's a really good show, and I want to see how it uh finished out, but it's, uh, it's really fucking good. I I, I, I enjoyed it, yeah. but... Um, it, it is a little light on the horror elements. It kind of yeah. becomes more of a uh, small town drama type deal. Interesting. Uh, it, it, it's uh, it's like Ozark, but but with Psycho. See, I'm I am a big so. fan of Psycho, so I feel like I would be a little biased going in there with yeah. uh, with Chucky and certainly Hannibal. I'm not nearly as protective over, but uh, I love Norman, so I'd be very curious to see, and I I think. Uh, be an interesting perspective really loving the movie because it was a relatively popular show i assume most people maybe hadn't watched the movie or weren't super familiar with it so yeah i'd like to check it out i would also throw out i mean i would i'd be down for chucky we obviously we did uh the chucky movies that was actually like the first series i did here on the pod um so those are like way back in season one but um i so i would be down uh revisiting and doing the tv series also wouldn't mind doing a month of Adam's family and then doing Wednesday. We yeah. could do uh, you know, the the Adam's family duology and then seasons one and two of Wednesday possibly. I think mm-hmm. that might be uh fun because I absolutely love the Adams family. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So yeah. I don't know. I'd ha- be I'd throw that out there. I haven't checked it out. Also haven't watched uh, either of those new animated movies yet. Did you watch either of those? I didn't watch the anime movies. Yeah. Uh yeah, the anime movies have a good voice cast, but um I heard they are not good. Oh, um, bummer. I heard they. I heard they uh, kind of missed the spirit of the Adams family. Damn. Because uh, I love the movies. I also love the original uh, TV show. It's mm-hmm. uh, there's a Pluto TV channel dedicated to the original TV series. So. I did not know that. I yeah, you can watch check that the, out. You can watch it there. I know we also talked about um, when we recorded the Scream Six episode. Is like after we were dead recording, we talked to our friend uh, Mikey about the Scream TV show, and yeah, he was like, man. "That shit is wild." So yeah. I would be like morbidly curious to check that one out. Yeah, we'll have to uh, see um, when Scream 7 is announced and we could possibly kind of do a similar situation. So we uh, there's a lot of uh, good options uh, for some horror TV series to check out uh, next year. 
Um, but I'll go ahead and do it for uh, this one for Ash vs. Evil Dead. And then we will close out this month uh, with the mother of all horrors. Yeah. I'm very excited to finally. Mommy's uh, with the maggots now. Man, <laughs> yeah. Super stoked to talk Evil Dead Rise. Uh, we will have a couple guests with us to break that down. It's going to be a super fun episode. And mm-hmm. that will be where we do our uh, ranking of the films. And we'll, uh, we'll throw in... Uh, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, at least on our rankings since we, yeah. we watched it. So we'll we'll uh, see where we'll throw that in. As a series or well. each season? As a series. Okay, I was like, season's going to be tough. Uh, as a as a series. Uh, seasons, yeah, that, that'd take a little too long. But um, but as a series where it would kind of fit in with the movie. So be gotcha. thinking about that as uh, we go into uh, talking Evil Dead Rise. Uh, but until then, Garrett, what are you working on right now? Uh, if you want to already hear my thoughts on Evil Dead Rise, I posted uh, on my TikTok uh, channel uh, a review of that film as well as the uh, new Ari Aster movie, Bo is Afraid, as well as Renfield. Uh, and then I will also be seeing Sisu very soon. So if you want to hear my thoughts on all of those movies, you can uh, follow me on TikTok at Garrett McDowell. Uh, if you want to just see what else I'm watching, you can follow me at Letterbox at Garrett McDowell as well. And the same is uh, true for Twitter. Yes, and we have links to all that in the bios, of course. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Daddy Instagram. <laughs> Daddy Instagram. <laughs> Daddy Instagram. Every time Devon posts a story, get a notification. <laughs> Daddy Instagram. Daddy Instagram. Uh, at underscore Daddy Disco. That is also my letterbox as well. You can hear me over on the Potom Pendulum talking the collector and the collection. Um, you can also, um, I got a recording of the incinerator coming up, so that will be coming out here shortly as well. Um, so make sure you go check those things out. But. Now go ahead and do it for this week's episode of the Spectre Cinema Club. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Subscribe to not miss a thing. You can follow us on social media at Spectre Cinema on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars, a nice little review. We appreciate you. But until next time, guys, stay lifted.